Well, look, look, look. Okay, you cannot be box five without putting in the work. But sometimes that means multitasking. <laughs> you best believe it. Talk to him, Montana. <laughs> Talk to him about multitasking. Ooh, I think I'm the queen of multitasking. Some We're recording days. a podcast and, we'll, <laughs> and we can commission pieces, yes. <sighs> that, trying to get content trying to get content out on Instagram, trying to figure out how to make a coloring book, use Premiere Pro. Like there's so many things I'm doing right oh, now. Hey Google, thank you so much for your service. Can I please get you to pause? I understood. Can I please get you to pause? Is that right? That's, that's exactly the gist of my statement. Sorry, I didn't understand. <laughs> hey Google, stop. Hey Google, why don't you understand what he said? I mean, I thought it was very clear. I think hey, you Google, were very clear as well. Stop. This, I'm gonna unplug this. Google just really likes that song. <laughs> but yeah, multitasking seems to be my thing lately. But you know. I'm going to just focus on this right now because my brain needs a break from all the things it's trying to do. <laughs> there we go. How about you? Are you, nice... you, multi- you doing any multitasking over there? Um, not, it's not multitasking. It's double booking. It's thinking that I'll be good for something and then put it in there and I'll write it down on my agenda. But my agenda isn't synced <laughs> with my Google calendar because we haven't figured out how to make paper do that yet. And yeah, it's, you know, if I could put myself in two places, I would, but oftentimes I can't think on two things with, <laughs> with keeping, um, you know, just a steady flow of um, attention, so. Yeah, it's so funny, because we'll be on the phone, and Pedro will be like, oh my god, I was supposed to be on a call 20 minutes ago, and he got, he'll be like, I gotta go, I gotta go. <laughs> it, yeah, a couple and times it's, a week, it's dumb. I just, uh, I just understand that um, this is a... This is who Pedro is. But you know what? I, I'm going to keep saying it. I deliver. 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 Deliver, boy. No, you don't even want to get me started with I that. Don't. See, there there it is. That's the part where you can insert it. Deliver. <laughs> I don't even know where it comes from. I just saw the clip and it's, I'm like, this is me. This is, <laughs> this is everything I need. We like my nails. I just painted them today. Wait, I don't see the camera. Oh, wow, beautiful. Now when you do the video, you can see my, um, you know. I could see, oh, she busted over there. (laughs) She's very busted. (laughs) I've been spinning a little more, um, and I haven't really been taking care of these. I need to spin. I haven't spun since I was in New York. I'm currently in Florida. (laughs) Spinning, like, in Florida is a whole other thing. Like, you're going to sweat through your gloves. You, You might just go out in compression shorts and a sports bra, just... I'm, it, I'm about to give, eventually. so my parents bought a house uh, down in Flagler Beach, Florida. Um, it's, I, it's a 55 this, plus community. Yeah, there's a lot of old people. I might give some people some heart palpitations <laughs> if I go out there in booty shorts and a sports bra looking like drum corps season. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> I mean, we got to work on the tan line, so make sure you like you're at least facing away from the public, like, butt to the river. And then, (laughs) you know, is there a community on the other side of the lake? I've been trying to even it out. Um, Yeah, there's other people over there, but I don't really spend too close to the water because we've seen multiple alligators, and apparently there's deadly snakes. I am not a Floridian, and I'm not sure if I ever will be. the but, alligators are just vibing, okay? It's yeah. you're 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 in their home. We we all share this place, okay? They're just a little too. It's like it's a, like a little like, too close it, in it, their home. A little too comfortable in in their habitat. They're, they're just a little too close to me. I don't care that they're in their own habitat. They can live happily ever after in the water. But you know, sometimes they just gotta be social distance, okay? Get but you gotta social distance by like five hundred feet. Don't like it. The al- for alligators, it's. There's a multiplication factor in there of like uh, no 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 that, no, no. That's like um, she don't know exact, math. This is Miss Chop Chop up the street. Don't know no math. Okay, she's she was vibing. I'm about to be her math tutor. <laughs> Throwing index cards from far away. Yeah. Like study this shit and stay away. 
you're just delirious from like the the all the work so like your 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 brain's heating up and then all the, the other humidity heat, you're just yeah you're you're just baking yeah i'm sit i'm sitting not even moving and i'm sweaty <laughs> Oh, I miss it. Duh. Literally, I get like I trigger warning for homesick. <laughs> sweaty, sweaty, no, feeling I, sweaty is a trigger trigger feeling. Like any, <laughs> uh, I just get so homesick so fast. I told uh, you get on get on a plane, yo. We literally don't have. I, I saw a fake image today of like of, of, a, of an ecosystem and like what it looks like when how like a little bit of habitat restoration like exponentially grows the um the amount of wildlife in an area and in this fake place where they like showed the the, the example of uh habitat restoration there was a peninsula and i like i teared up I was like oh god i want to be on the beach so bad I I forgot. Want to be back until today peninsula. i forgot that florida is a peninsula i haven't been I even appreciate okay. florida <laughs> You don't like the alligators. The humidity is turning you <laughs> upside down. You wanted to swap. My room is very comfy. You can do all the work. No distractions here. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know about that. I, I, I do like I do like the sun and I like the beat. I'm so so happy with this interview today. I yes. I just have so much love for this person, and I think that'll that'll come through right away. Um, and just re-listening to that conversation, I just was laughing 20 minutes in. Even from uh, stuff that wasn't even funny, it's just like, it just hit, it rings true. And God, mm-hmm. speaking of getting homesick, like. <laughs> uh, yeah, she was great. Like, we had Michelle Morales on this week. She is just so wholesome and nice. And I was like, it's Axel interesting. Punch. Small but mighty, you know? And um it, it was just nice to connect with someone that like, I think this was the first person that like, I, I really didn't even know who she was before um, Pedro had told me about her. It's really, it's really cool because this community. Yeah. Like the ease of speaking to her was, it felt so natural that I don't know. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed talking to her and she's like, we both didn't know each other. So I think we were both on our best behavior. <laughs> you know, before we get to the interview with Michi Morales, Time to give back to the community that gave to yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, We got some alumni popsicles. <laughs> we haven't marched Sci-Tai B-Fi, so you know. You know, what, what does make somebody a Sci-Tai B-Fi alumni? Or no, actually a performing member. We are the alumni. We're the Sci-Tai B-Fi alumni trying to give we back are to active the Sci-Tai members. B-Fi performers. I, honestly, <laughs> director, <laughs> logistics. We are director... We are logistics, creative designers, designers, choreographers, technicians, real designers, double regional A color guard. We we are, but no, we go from middle school all the way to independent world. That's what we represent. We represent all the classes here. And for all the, we have no discrimination against classes here. And for the people that don't even compete, like the people that just have color guard in their community groups or whatever, you know. Exactly. We we even represent them backyard spinners. You know, spinning with a broom and a a sheet. You know, we all started from somewhere. Okay. Exactly. So in order to get some alumni popsicles this week, all you need to do it's pretty simple is just share the show on some social media. All you need to do, you can take a screenshot. Or you can screen record, which is, I think is pretty cool to screen record. Yeah, because and we have like our moments where we think are like, oh, this is, uh, this was gold or whatever. But like, you, you don't exactly know what people are getting or taking mm-hmm. away from we each wanna, episode. Um, but yeah, all you need to do is share a portion of the show and tag a friend. And we're going to list some resources for y'all to choose from as a prize. There are a lot of great resources out there from really, really great performers. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing, like, just getting a whole list of all the resources. Because we have, like, I have, like, all right, I have an idea here, an idea over here, an idea over here. And I'm, I'm excited to consolidate the list for you guys. But, okay, so long story long, um, <laughs> to answer into Alumni Popsicles, take a section of the show, Share it on social media. Tag a friend that you'd like to do this with. Or what we'll do is we have like a random generator to choose a winner. 
our, our interviews have been quite lengthy with all of our guests, which I am not complaining about whatsoever, but not one bit. we wanted to break it up just so the, the actual episodes were a little bit more reasonable length. So we're, we were, we were getting pretty close to like the two hour range and that's kind of, kind of long for a podcast. So now we're going to be breaking our interviews up into two sections. We're going to release one on Monday and we'll also release one on Thursday. All right. So alumni popsicles, two episodes a week. What else do we got for them before we get into this interview? The box five montage moment. Well, okay, my montage moment. Your commission piece for the cross 1996 Crossman, you have to convince me that that wasn't some AI generated twin um, for The Sims because that was on point, Montana. Like you sent it to me and I had no critiques. And, like, and there's nothing. usually always like something because like I'm detail oriented, but like, you know, just having another set of eyes, but I think that's going to be our both of our Montage Monday moments because I'm really proud of that piece. I got commissioned by this man, Andy, who is a cadet alumni um, for, I think I did, I did one of his daughter who was in the pit this past summer. And then I did one of his other daughter swimming, which that was, that was pretty cool because I've never really drawn water before. So that was... Challenge. It was a challenge, and I'm all for challenge, like challenging myself. And then he reached out to me for his his wife's action shot from the Crossman. I was like, I put two and two together, and I was like, Oh my god! Like they must have met when the Crossman and the Cadets were of the same organization. And I was like, Whoa! I was like, That's so cool! And now their daughter marches with the Cadets. I was like, This is so cool! Like, and her action shot was so badass that I was like. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can do this. And now actually he just sent me one of them. So he's like, well, everyone else in the family got one. I was like, I guess I got to get one for myself. And so he just sent me one of them. He he was in the baseline. He was, um, HP. Yeah. It was really, it was a really cool, like, um, just connection. Yeah. yeah. And it was, I think overall that connection and that relationship that I've formed with Andy, um, I think that's my montage moment for this week because it was just it was just really nice because he I, I always say thank you so much for supporting my art and my business because but you don't have to. Super, super appreciative and grateful of all the work that I've been doing. So I think that's my montage moment of um, that connection. Plus he like hyped me up on Facebook saying that Rachel's a cadet. I'm a cadet alum. My wife was in the Crossman. She taught the Crossman. It was like all these, it was like, it was wild that all, I don't even know how to explain it. I was like, this is so cool. (laughs) The drum corps family just like seems like fantasy to me, even though I've met so many, whether three generations of blue devils, what the heck? Like, and you know, like I, I, I still don't think my family gets it. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Um, uh, that's, oh, the other day, my mom was like, explain to everybody what the cadets is. And I was like, she she doesn't even really understand what it is. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to give you a five-minute synopsis of what I do by showing you a video of the 2015 cadets opener where you can actually see me on the video. So I'm like, all right, like, let's do this. And not really i'm like i don't really know how to give a quick short answer because it doesn't there's not there's no way there, it, the quick short answer is like professional marching band but yeah that's not and if they don't the point entirely yeah so it's that's the thing like that i think us as a community we need to figure out some sort of way to explain what we do even like and, and i do you know what I've always michi, seen those... like uh, that just reminds me of the, the conversation with michi yes. because it like we, she, we need yeah, to figure something out other than saying a dance team and we need to figure something else out because like it is like those moments of education though like you said like i, ha- I just have to show you what it is and then just talk you through like the lifestyle yes. and the, it might be a 10 15 minute conversation but that 10 it's 15 a bigger minutes, world exactly you, you just open the you just open the French doors to drum core. Yeah. Hello. Wait, now I just see two Montanas. Hello. <laughs> Wait, I hear you. Now I see you. Hi. Hi, friend. How are you guys? I'm good. Well, welcome. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. Yes, yes. The room looks familiar. Super exciting. Yeah, it is. And I was just 
telling Montana like about some of like the random memories I have about you and like watch. Well, actually, I didn't even get into like watching you perform when I was still in like percussion. But uh, <laughs> I think it's so awesome uh, what you're doing. And yeah, we're just gonna like dive right in and see where the conversation goes. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> cool. Well, um, I guess first things first. How are you feeling after your trip uh, coming back? With. Oh, from from Texas. Mm -hmm. Um, good. We're we thought like that we were gonna have a little bit more trouble, but um, the only thing is like when we were crossing those states, um, that I guess don't care about the virus. Like nobody was wearing masks, so it was a little concerning. And like when we were at the gas station, nobody was like, like we were we felt weird wearing a mask. Yeah. So um, that was the only thing that was a little troubling, but smooth smooth sailing it took us a little longer because we were tired and stuff but yeah yeah traveling from texas to here is always fun yeah i done that drive so many times like growing up and um <clears throat> i really liked it except like you know we were like usually going to mexico so once you like cross into texas that felt like the longest stretch just because texas is such a big state and you gotta like go all the way down the coast to get into mexico um but really like as long as like nobody got sick and there was no interactions with the cops successful yeah. trip <laughs> yeah, absolutely. there was one like stop uh, coming into florida they had like a border stop and they mm -hmm. asked oh have you been to new york or have you been to xyz states and we're like no <laughs> and they like yeah they can't even do anything to verify yeah. i mean i wanted to see what would happen if they, i would say yes but <laughs> yeah my, my parents are currently driving down to florida i'm from new york and so they're currently driving down to florida now i can't like they like, haven't gotten stopped yet they got all the way to north carolina um i haven't heard any issues just yet but <laughs> i guess we'll find out <laughs> yeah y'all scare me you have to say no <laughs> yeah to you know, say no like, lie to them <laughs> yeah with our new york license plates <laughs> oh, oh yeah whoops <laughs> well that's awesome i'm glad you guys got safe um <clears throat> so for the people that don't know you and i know like you and montana have never uh, really crossed paths or interacted um you want to just give everybody a quick like summary of what you do yeah um so my name is michelle morales i am a freelance filmmaker and i am the director of relentless winter guard um i have like 14 some years in the color guard activity and started in high school in Ferguson High School and then did Braddock Independent for about five years and um, and then yeah and then started my own guard when Braddock folded back in 2017 so um, it's been a long journey um, I've been to Thailand twice mm -hmm. um, multiple different projects with my film partner and um, I have um, me and my film partner, we have a movie on Netflix, and it's called Beast of Burden. Uh, not on Netflix, I'm so sorry, on Amazon Prime. Um, but our goal, ultimately, for the second project will be for Netflix. Um, so, that's, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> that's what's up. Do you want to talk about, like, what got you to Thailand and what that project was about? Um, yeah. So, when, when we were in film school together, me and my friend Danny Mason, um, we talked about like different things regarding the environment and about just bringing an awareness to uh, different countries that don't have so much of like the publicity that they mm -hmm. should get. Um, and so when we went to Thailand the first time, it was just about exposing like the elephants and the tourism that goes on within uh, the country with regards to elephants. Because um, uh, Thailand right now, or you know, a couple years ago, started booming for like. Um, like no just not poaching more in regards to like the training and like some people go there to ride elephants or go there to take wedding like go on honeymoons and stuff like that and they um don't know that you shouldn't ride or you shouldn't watch or pay for shows of elephants painting and things like that um so we our first film is just about bringing awareness to the sanctuaries that are doing the right things when it comes to elephants and tourism. And then when we were there, we uh, knew that we had to bring about a couple other things. Hold on, back. It was Brian Kuhn. <laughs> oh, hey, Brian. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, and then so our second film, which is in post-production right now, is just like bringing awareness to other places and facilities that are eco-friendly and have a conscious effort to bring their community to a safer place. Like from an economical standpoint and from an educational standpoint, just bringing them 
to uh, that standard. So, yeah, yeah, it was like, interesting. Yeah, it sounds like a little bit of like education and awareness and especially with like Southeast Asia, there's a lot of like history with like militarism and like the future of like their climate um, or how their land is going to change because of climate change is all really important too. Um, and yeah, it's it parallels with what um, I, I know some people here that do like similar work in the Philippines. Um, so it's cool that like y'all don't know each other and are both like interested and drawn into like this, these areas to like elevate yeah. the voices there. It, it, and it's so, it's so interesting listening to them because they don't have the money for publicity. So, you know, they're trying to educate you as much as possible so that you can speak for them. Because us coming to their country already shows that we care, you know, and we have some kind of voice. Um, so for them, they don't have the money to be printing a bunch of flyers or paying for Google advertisement to be the first one, you know? So... They take they take your good care of the people that come to their country. So it, it's nuts. And I've been there for when we go, it's for a month at a time. So wow. um, yeah. Um, I know this isn't like even remotely close to Color Guard, but like I love hearing about like um, <clears throat> your like passions outside of the activity because we're trying to look into or see more about the people that like we. Um, not idolize, but we look up to and, you know, we just see people for their twirls and their resumes. So this is like really good stuff to hear. Um, yeah. What have you learned about the area and the culture and the people that you feel like has made a big impact on you and that you uh, have brought back to your life out here? Um, both times. So when I went the first time, I like had a complete change in my mindset. Um, and that, that when I was the first time to Thailand was in the middle of pre-planning for Relentless our first year and so um, you know we were just like young and wanted to make a difference and wanted to make sure that we think about always like the experience of the members and things like that um, and then coming back when I did it this year this January in 2020 um, when I came back I just told them and, and brought back me just like to always enjoy the experience no matter how big or how small anything is so like in Thailand the people are very humble and they're about the environment and they work with their family and they're very hands-on mom and pop is like their thing um so that's that's what I tried to emulate to them that just to enjoy it because there's people out there that don't really have an extracurricular to even do you know um I was over there and I did a dance class with one of the villages and to just like we didn't understand each other not like on a speech level but you know dance is dance and so it was it was humbling to just have them just do jumping jacks and just like hands up hands down and like be fun and that to them was something to escape and like for us having color guard as an escape is such a privilege um and i mean we know this now with this pandemic going on no extracurricular so you know just buckling down on that to just enjoy it just enjoy whatever you do because this is this is your life, you know. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's like you you kind of forget it is totally a privilege. We've always had like I'm like same boat about 12, 13 years in the activity and it's just like it runs in my veins at this point. And it's like to see it to or more of like to see it taken away from us is when it really starts to shine that I was like, well, we took this for granted for the past decade. Color being escape is like so true to me too, because the only reason why I like, I did extra, not the only reason, but one of the biggest reasons to like push me to do all these different like activities in my school was because like going home wasn't ever fun or wasn't possible sometimes like the city bus, it would be like two or three buses from where my school was to finally get home. And um, even if then like, there wasn't always people home. So like, I was, you know, why be bored at home if I could do things at school or parents couldn't pick me up. So I just, after the art club was over and the dance club was over, the band was still rehearsing. Like, you know, I, um, my mom gets out of work at like seven, rehearsals done at 7.30. Like that's perfect enough time. And it just um, helped that scheduling thing. And then helped all the other things that like pushed me away from home to like have something that would take up literally the entire week weekend a month at a time um, 
So yeah, Color Guard being Escape is so awesome. And we're all like learning to like reappreciate <laughs> this activity for the connections right. that it brings and like the mental release that it is for people too. Right, absolutely. And especially the connection that it brings because like even now, you know, you have people reaching out to you that haven't reached out, which is fine because we're all now just sitting and we're all just like, absorbing and thinking about all the impacts that you have. But like when we were crossing from Texas to Florida, like I knew that I, if I needed to stop anywhere, I could just literally make a Facebook post and I would have a bunch of people that had my back, you know? And so that's, that's so important. And that's what I think when we're teaching high school, we try to let them know, like, these are people that will have your back because you never know when you need somebody to lean on, you know? And I think that's so important to have a team and grow up in the activity is just like, it's beautiful. Like, mm -hmm. it's, it's like no other activity. It's more than your high school too. It's um, this whole circuit and this whole countrywide, mm -hmm. worldwide thing. Um, and we all like learn lessons through this activity at our own pace and our own like geographic location, but it's mm -hmm. universal. Mm -hmm. and it's so true like just being able to post on Facebook then like I, th I think I know someone in every state and I think that if you think like 10 years ago you're like no way like and I, I try to wonder sometimes where I'd be without it like what I'd be doing what my life would look like but I'm like I don't even it's not even worth it it's not like I don't want to see a life without it so it's it's been like that impact I think it's that impactful once you move on from high school, at least some some programs like they're lucky enough to get a similar, I guess, sort of experience as like an independent group. But I know like for me, it was I don't know. I didn't get those same bonds in high school. It's like once I like, all right, let me escape into the real world and see what this is all about. And like find color guard with that had boys in it, that had, you know, like all these like all these different things. Um, but it's it's so crazy that it's just that easy to to connect with people that this activity that you probably got pushed into, like how Pedro, you, you just joined to have something to do. Like, I know I just joined because one of my friends was like, you want to, it was called Rockettes when we went uh, at my high school. And so they're like, oh, you want to come to Rockettes rehearsal? And I was like, okay. I was like, I had no idea. I was frumpy. I wasn't like in sports. I should, I had no business dancing when I was 13 years old. And you know, it's like, I, I don't want to look back from there. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, and then, and then boom. Like, Miracles happen, you know, <laughs> people you with, like, never thought we'd be dancers, and then, you know, the work that, like, our staff has done, and the community has done to, like, mold you into something that you can, like, stand up with your own legs and grow and chase in whatever direction you want is awesome, right. too. Right. What, whether it's, like, marching independence, marching drum corps, starting your own guard. Like, there's so many avenues for people to take in this activity that it doesn't have to look so cookie-cutter, and it connects you to all different types of people. Yeah. Like, who would have thought we'd be, like, we have one in New York, one in Oregon, one in Florida. Like, who would have thought, like, that, that this activity would bring those people together, you know? Like, it's, it's so, it gets, like, real existential for me, but... <laughs> Absolutely. And I, well, the thing that I think is unique about Color Guard is that nobody is really like dispensable. Like it's like when you join Color Guard, people try to keep you in as long as possible. Like uh, absolutely there's people that, you know, just don't like it. But um, I think like when you look at a sport like baseball or football or even cheer, it's like, like they're just like, okay, next. There, there'll be another person in the audition room. But we really try to cater to each person and try to know that this person like when I just saw um like um, a promo for marching season and everybody always loves to put like no experience needed and like that always draws in people that don't have experience and so we really try to make sure that we cater to that and then they end up being amazing people and being incredible in the activity so I think that's super unique to us in color guard because other sports aren't they're a little bit more hardcore in that aspect yeah, you like thrive, yeah, you on, like the thrive on the strengths mm -hmm. that, that people already bring in mm -hmm. versus like I think about when I played volleyball and softball and all the sports that the bench was always there that if you didn't have a if you couldn't do a certain thing I mean it's I guess there's of course similar aspects like all right can't be on the weapon line can't but like everyone's gonna spin a flag every, right. no matter no matter what you're gonna spin a flag and like it's not like that in other in other places. Yeah, it's a special activity for sure. To pivot a little bit, I 
just want to like give you the floor to talk about the transition from like looking up to Braddock, marching mm-hmm. Braddock, mm-hmm. taking like that transitionary period in Braddock um, when like there was staff changes and then, uh, um, you know, what became Relentless World and now Relentless like open. And before like I go into it, I just like have, I remember like watching you be, I was like doing winter percussion and this was back when SFWGA was both percussion and guard and like falling in love with Braddock like after I had like just did my percussion show earlier in the day and then like finding like familiar faces throughout the years and you were always like one of those familiar faces. Before I had even done a color guard season, I went to a couple of like Braddock uh, clinics and you did a lot of the like introductions, um, hellos, you got people like their equipment, you were always checking in on people. And then when I marched with you at Braddock, like you were just like one of the, one of the energies like I tried emulating because you were always so much fun. We had like a flag exchange piece together um, that I remember like learning that part together. I was like, oh, I'm so happy I get to march with her. Um, you remember the 45 around the box? <laughs> uh, yeah, and then like all, you were so committed and so there for the team, renting the U-Haul every week for the props to get there, um, being a mama braddock after, um, you know, just all the, the shifts that happened in the activity or in, in the program. And then I like remember I was super homesick, missing like the tropical weather and to see like your promo or your announcement, I don't remember exactly what it was, but about doing your own Winnegard and Relentless and you had like cut together some video and like being in tears on my lips. It was like around like Christmas time um, and just like tearing up watching it. And then I, like, I knew I had to call you right then and there. And there was like Luisito and like um, a couple other people at your home. And so like hearing all their voices and then hearing you do um, Relentless. It was like, you know, if anybody's going to start their own Winnegard and like it, it, it's going to be you like and I, it's so like you said we get connected to so many people and it's like there these people are contemporaries or people that I've marched with um, but I'm also like their biggest fan and I'm so happy for like every single step of their process whether it's just you know people on the west coast east coast or all the different projects that they're doing that I remember like really feeling that super deeply about like you because of who you are and this program and relentless and then going down to Florida and then being in your room and seeing the merch and seeing like just your like the energy that radiates out of you naturally and then the energy that radiates out of you when you have like a passion and a goal and something like you're working towards like yeah I just go wherever you want to take it just the floor is yours to talk about it well thank you so much honestly like it, it it's it makes me happy to know that you took that away, you know what I mean, from everything. And um, and that's exactly the reason why we started, you know? Like, so when I was in high school, I looked up to Braddock, obviously. Um, they were very, you know, entertaining, number one, but just always had, like, this energy about them that I knew that were something I wanted to do you know so I auditioned in 2011 and it was a hard audition that was like the year that everybody was coming back to Braddock um and they called it the all-star year and you know so um but I ended up making it and we won a medal we got their place Mm -hmm. and um, from that moving forward I knew that I wanted to do this like I wasn't just gonna be there for that and then just stop like I knew that I always wanted to continue and so as I went along, I had to learn a lot of different skills. I came from an A-class color guard and then just thrown into world-class was obviously very challenging. Um, And I had a lot of motivation within the team, but motivation within myself to prove it to them that I could do it. Um, And I tried to use my strength because I was a captain at Ferguson in my high school. And so I tried to like navigate through that form because I knew that I wasn't going to be the best spinner, but I knew I could help the team in another aspect. Um, and I was always on the dance line and I could shine that way, but I couldn't, you know, whatever, be the best spinner. And, um, I stayed with Karen Maselli like throughout all my Braddock years. And she's just such a inspirational, she's our garden mom at Braddock yeah. and she would always just be that number one person. And I just knew that as I kept on moving forward, I wanted to help her. I dove more into that aspect. Um, And then uh, staff changes was a little bit hard. Obviously, we tried to make sure that Braddock stayed afloat and um, be the best that it could be. 
ultimately stopped making it to finals, which is always hard for a program. Um, and so our last year was in 2017. Uh, I was captains for three years at Braddock. Um, and yeah, um, from there, when we found out that happened, we all had like this infamous meeting at my house uh, to see what we were gonna do moving forward. Um, and that's where Relentless ended up, you know, turning about. And um, me and my best friend, Nicholas Rodriguez, we, we ultimately started the program and we knew that we needed a foundation group to start that. And, and yeah, and then we started 2018 and we have been, you know, working really hard ever since. And like our main focus really, you know, going from Braddock into Relentless was always the member experience um, because we knew that with Braddock, the, f the family fun part was always there. And we wanted to make sure that family fun part translated into our color guard but we also wanted to make sure that from a logistical standpoint we were always taken care of in regards to like going to atlanta for the regional and stuff we always try to make them have a like a grand time like we have we rent an airbnb for them every year um and like they're like the members of relentless know the hard work that we've put into this organization obviously and the the struggles that it is to keep a, a team afloat so it's it's been interesting just like going through like the braddock years of like kick-ass performers and then going into relentless like kick-ass performers that also care to like make sure that the behind the scenes is happening like every member is like working with us to keep it afloat because they know that since we have that baggage of Braddock, it can ultimately fall. You know, there is, there, there might be a day that it could fall and nobody wants mm -hmm. that to happen. So um, I think that's the sweetest part is that every single member takes on that responsibility of like, okay. this is our home. Like we have to make sure that we have our electricity paid for. We have to have our water paid for like things like that make the team work is because they want to be a family like yeah. they want to make it they want to make it work so i think that's the sweetest part is like going from those that product years transition knowing that something can happen and knowing that there's people that are relentless enough to <laughs> make it come true you know that's right that's right <laughs> it was um the whole like making sure that there's still a home people in South Florida um, was like one of my big takeaways from like conversations with you about Braddock and it's early, relentless in its early days because you know like there there is a foundation for the activity down there the activity down there has historically been like a hot spot in the country and um, yeah like knowing that you were leading with like the fact that there is like a need but a vacuum and you wanted to make that home there um was one of the earliest takeaways it's i think i see it every year because the buy-in that i see from your members who have marched all over the place like and to especially like that first year i remember walking um from one place to another at WGI and just happened to like walk by a van where Danny Lopez and Jose and Luis and I think Gabriel and maybe one other person from Relentless was in there and like the, the sliding door like flew open and I was just so happy to see everyone and then like was so happy that they like went on this journey with you to do Relentless because they like had marched UCF, had March Braddock, had March SCV, Crown, um, you know, name the place, they were all there and they still didn't care about like what, you know, it is, a, it is a hard thing to get people to buy into something so early and so ambitious, but you guys had like a super strong core, um, core group of members and to see like the carryover year after year and then like all the you guys are a magnet there's so many members in there now um and to see it grow from the first year and all those struggles to the end I just wanted to make sure that like to those people that I saw in that moment at the WGI parking lot that they all knew like I'm so happy that y'all are in this and if I was still living in South Florida like I would be on the floor with you guys too because um all the people like there's good people leading the project and yeah you guys it's a great foundation for a group to move forward so I'm really excited to see what the Relentless uh, team pulls from them. Yeah, no, I'm excited too. Like now we have our uh, 2021 page up, like our Facebook page, Cedar page up, and um, all the people that are interested have been posting like their intros and their pictures and like the that 
were in the team before and they want to do 2021 like they're just so sweet and so motivated to try to do something you know? like just try to figure out during this quarantine period how we can get better how we can make 2021 happen regardless of xyz um you know with with facilities not opening up and how we can maybe have like sectionals with five people or you know just like brainstorming which is the the best part and just having that like I we always knew Nick and I always knew that there was a foundation here like you said like world-class performers and if there's a will there's a way and so we we wanted to facilitate that because in the wrong hands obviously things can go south and if it's a group of good hearted and fun talented individuals I feel like then we we couldn't go wrong yeah and um it's just like so cool to see those ideas of like the, the staff is carrying the weight of the program and the members are there contributing on the background because you you guys did that all at Braddock. We were told um, mm-hmm. the Friday before circuit championships were not going to WGI. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden we're in WGI and nobody had anything to say about it except the members because it was like the members who got us there. Um, and that was my first year too. So it was like, I, I didn't know what the culture really was. I just knew it was like, and I didn't even know what even like independent programs were at that point. So they said, we can't go out there. I've never seen the books. I've never seen where the money goes. And just, just to see like people band together outside, get their tears out of the way and then make WGI happen was amazing. Um, even like to other things like logistically before then, running out of like rehearsal space or even like the U-Haul situation. I remember you telling me like your commitment to that. And I was like, because I, I was like driving from one spot to another with you. And I was like, yo, this is, this is really fucking serious. Like this is another, like seeing people commit to that high of a level is like reassurance to me that like I can commit to this level as well because mm-hmm. we're all in this together um so that, yeah really awesome just another takeaway I see from you guys yeah. it shows too like how much growth from the birth of Relentless to now that like it all comes from like the the pure intentions you have like and it shows like I remember being like oh shit Nick's coming like I remember seeing uh Nick Rodriguez post about this color guard and I was like I was like, that's so dope. I was like, this is going to be so cool. I was like, because I have always been a fan of South Florida color guards. Like Braddock was like my shit in high school. I loved, loved Braddock. The whole aesthetic of like, like I think of watching um, like Abby and who else? Mm-hmm. Mal- Mallory. All that year in that, that year in 2011. Oh my God. That was like the, I was like, i if anywhere I want to go, I started applying. I was I was ready to apply to schools like um, in Miami, and I was like, "All right, like University of Miami, here I go. Like I want to march Braddock. Like it's gonna happen. <laughs> like and it just shows like the amount of passion that um, that you and Nick have. That it it wouldn't have got like Relentless wouldn't be where it is now if if without that like lo- it's true love and passion behind it. And it just shows. It's really cool to watch that like just the growth like. It's blooming at this point. <laughs> oh yeah, thank you. No, we t- we never expected it to blossom the way it did because in our first year we only had seventeen members, um, and so what from year one to year two we had fifty six members, like with the two guards. So um, you know it's 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 rewarding because it's it's we're trying to be that guard that everybody looks up to, and we we you know we try our best and we try to bring in the people like um because you know nick is inspired by several different people and we try to bring them into the guard so that they can be inspired as well and try to utilize those connections that he's built over the many color guards that he's been in and um you know and and i always go back to the logistical side so nick and i we share he's the creative director and i'm the logistical director but we're very collaborative in the fact that um you know show ideas or are both of our ideas or you know like this spot that we want to go to in Orlando to take the kids for fun is both of you know what I mean and so um it's it's been nice having that too because in all in all like I have also gained so many good friends from this you know and then the, then the members gain their forever friends too and just seeing them talk about that is just like so rewarding it, everything is like what you put into it because it's hard like starting your own color guard is hard and there is multiple people that told me not to do it 
and that I didn't have enough resources, but you there's know, a will, there's a way. Yeah, there's a will. That, gut, that gut feeling, it's like you go with it sometimes, yeah, even exactly. though if everyone's saying, don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> there's, um, there's lessons that we learn in this activity that we translate to like our outside life or outside world. I don't know, does anything come to your mind when we say that? Um, or do you find that something transfers from here to your freelance work or here to your, your family life or your other jobs outside of this? Yeah, um, so a lot of things, like I always try to stay positive. Like I always know that something will get handled if you just stay positive. I always say no problem. Like that's one of my like main things is no problem. Like if there's an issue, we can analyze it, figure it out and keep moving forward. Like when it comes to like the film world, there's always be a, a bump in the road and there's many like when, um, like I, I'm shooting music videos before the, the quarantine and um, we don't have this or we don't have that. But if we just sit down and just think about what we're gonna do instead of panicking, I think that's one thing that Color Guard has taught me that if you just analyze it, think about it, and just react in a calm manner, then um, then your outcome will be positive. Because if you freak out, then it's gonna just end up being just like a total shit show. I teach for a living, and then I have side jobs like freelance stuff, but it's been basically the same, you know, um, from the aspect of just like putting in the work before and then enjoying the experience as much as possible. That's what I try to do because when I have a situation where we're just freaking out during the project, then it's not going to be rewarding and it's not going to be something that you're going to remember in a positive light. Yeah. And you have to like put in like the work, the pre-planning mm -hmm. work, the logistics. So that way when, something does come up you already know that your base the base of the work that you're doing is there and then you just have to like be level-headed take a breath say no problem and go tackle it yeah it's like when you toss a six and then a gust of wind comes and you're like oh shit oh shit gotta gotta figure it out got, it's gotta get in my hands <laughs> and oftentimes it's really just like a a little side step to the right yep. focus on it real hard it doesn't have to be this big extra show exactly yep well it seems um from what I hear, it's like that that love of teaching and being on the, I guess, teacher's side um, seems to be like light of fire. Um, but if you had to decide between the two, because how many years of Braddock did you march? I marched 11 through 14 consecutive, took a break in 15, and then I marched the end of 16 and then the whole 17. So, wow. <laughs> so yeah, and, uh, yeah. So a bunch, um, a bunch of years. <laughs> um, but um, between performing or teaching, mm -hmm. um, I would, I don't, I mean, right now I'm teaching and I love it, but we always joke that I'm going to do another year. I just march for fun because why not? Um, <laughs> but that's only because, I mean, if the time is right and if everything was going into play, but I mean, I love teaching. So teaching right now, I've, I've had those experience and I've gotten those awards and I've made those friends. Uh, that I'm going to have for the rest of my life. So if it's me having to be on the other side and making sure that the team gets there and takes their tarp out and puts it away, then that's what I'm going to do because that that's important to me. Like mm -hmm. having them show up and do their job the best that they can is, is so important to me. And um, everybody around me knows that, that it's, I don't know, it's my favorite thing to do is, is the logistical side. <laughs> someone has to like it right <laughs> like <laughs> no, and it's um, like so um i don't know when when you finish the day and everything's gone maybe not according to plan but like the day is done the task is done like the just the relief that you feel at the end of that like i don't know i think it's so rewarding too and both like marching and teaching are different types of work and different types of rewards um but yeah i really do find that the the one the rewards that you get in teaching and all of all of the things that come wrapped up into it like are they're, they're a lot of fun and mm -hmm. they yeah they make coming back to this activity easier absolutely absolutely and they and then your members you know they always are so appreciative of the tools that you've given them and the memories and things like that. Like 
that just makes you want to come back even though you know, the pay is not great or you know the band director whatever it may be like you know it just it always makes you feel like you made an impact in their life which is special do you feel like anyone that you've gotten taught by in the past influenced the way you teach or really uh, impacted like how you do things now? Yeah. So when I was in high school, I got taught by Malcolm Braza. Um, and he was definitely, he's my guard dad, like mm-hmm. everything idol. Um, he taught me just to be so passionate about the activity and what you're doing and anything you're doing. Um, and the way that he taught us was very cadet and very like, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Um, and that drove me for a couple years to teach like him. Um, and then it's not until that I started, you know, learning more from other people on how to really um, like expand upon what you're teaching so that they can understand. Because if somebody doesn't understand something, it's not because they don't want to understand. They just literally, it, that click hasn't happened in their brain. Um, and so utilizing those words and that knowledge that you learn over the you know, like couple years um, really helps. Um, so, you know, bringing in people for Relentless has really helped me in my teaching capabilities because I see how they teach. And like, you know, we bring in people from California, from Indy, from Texas and New York. And, and it's really helped for me, my, my education, because like, I always say like drum corps is like a college, like color college, because you're learning different techniques, you're learning different vocabularies that you can bring back to your home state or your circuit. So, and, and that's why, you know, I think it's important that you do go to other places to learn because me as an educator, I've only expanded my knowledge from learning from other people not like the same people. I've learned from so many people, so it really helps me dive into other brains, like other kids. How do, how are they going to understand something? Um, so yeah, I think that, that it's, it's been nice. That's awesome. Yeah, I was, gonna, I was gonna see if you had anything else on your mind, Montana, because I've been talking a lot too, so I just wanted to step away um, from a little bit. And, you know, I do um, need some water too. Taking it all in, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's always like the best part about these conversations too, is because like we've talked to Angie, Robert, Hector, um, someone we know, Rob, and there's just like, it does take time. Like, after yeah, like I have them. to let it sink in, and I realize like I, I don't know, like I'm very like usually in conversation, you're not not that I'm not concerned with the other person is saying, but you're so concerned about what you're gonna say next. But here I'm just trying to really absorb everything, you know? Um, and like so. with every person we've like hung up, we do our like wrap up calls and our editing and then we like have to like relook at things. And like after all the things have been marinating in your head, I'm like, oh, I wish I would have asked these other three mm-hmm. questions or dive more into this. Um, so I hope like, I hope other people feel that way too about these conversations. Like, oh, I can't wait to like, now that they like are hearing about motivations and passions for people to keep this activity alive and alive in their life, like, I hope it like draws other people to reflect on these things and their experiences too. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's what's so important about this podcast is that you're, you know, elevating and, and, you know, bringing awareness to other people in the activity that are inspirational, you know, like people want to hear why and how they got to the place that they got to. And it, we hear all the time from celebrities that how they got to be an actor right? And how, um, you know, how I got this Emmy, you know, when they're, when they're accepting their speech, but we don't have that platform yet. So I think that even with this podcast, it's so cool and, and inspirational for those kids that, you know, want to know more and want to reach out to, to, to more color guard people. Because there is, there is a plateau and we're reaching that and we want to keep pushing it. Yeah, and we felt as though not even just, um, as an inspirational thing as just like a togetherness and a connection sort of thing and then honestly we launched it at like the perfect time like Mm -hmm. you know when we're so disconnected and we're just trying to bring everybody together and have I feel like there's like a group of people that probably range from age I don't know like 22 23 to about like early 30s that haven't really gotten their stories told you know and it like 
we but deserve, our soul, we, our, we the deserve the spotlight too sometimes, you know, and it's like, I think, uh, yeah, are just as hardworking and, or if not more, and they have to grind harder because maybe their name isn't as big as like X, Y, and Z. So mm-hmm. it's, um, and that's really like the whole goal behind this is just to bring people together and like, for example, like we've, we've never even met before, you know, so it's, it's nice to just meet someone else that has similar passions, similar goals. And it's just another person now that we can be like, all right, like someone else to network with and someone else to just, it's just another web and another like strand in our web of people, which is, that's the whole, the whole premise of this thing. And like, we both think we have like some pretty diva friends. And like I said, like there's so many people that I met through this activity that like I've marched with are contemporaries, but I'm also like still so awe-inspired by them. And then the conversations that we have like on our own or when we run into each other again, it's just like, I need to keep this up. And not only that, like, I'm not the only one that should be hearing this. I would, I, we'd love sharing these conversations with other people too. And yeah, it's, I, I'm so excited to keep It's been this. so much fun. <laughs> these conversations are like rejuvenating and we're, yeah, we're so happy to it's worth it hey and you're giving yourself something to do like that's the best part about being like uh self-driven self like entrepreneur like you just do it just do it on your own and make it the best that you can and so it drives you yeah that's what i was thinking about you like you know how did you get your first like videography gig like did you just put yourself out there like because you also um i don't think we touched about it much but you did the media team with cavaliers correct Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you were just recording Color Guard on your own before then, and I know you had your other projects too. Like you uh, dove into it and saw that that your passion was there, and then the work comes afterwards. It's not like yeah. the application goes in and then like, oh, now I'm a videographer. Like no, you've been building these talents on your own. Yeah. So when I was uh, always in, in, when I was growing up, I wanted to be a veterinarian, and then when I graduated and started like pre pre vet school. Um, I slowly started to figure out that it wasn't something like I love animals, but it wasn't something that I want to do in a medicine standpoint. Um, and so my other passion of mine was, was film, you know? And so I started going to film school and I knew that I had a little of a niche because of my color guard background, because I could handle the amount of collaboration that there was involved. Um, because like a lot of people that were in school with me, they had a vision, but they didn't know how to execute and how to plan. And I already knew those things because I changed my major when I was uh, about 21. I was almost done with my bachelor's and I changed my major to film and I dove in and I just started to do the paperwork aspect of that. And so, um, yeah, and then, so meeting those people, we obviously started doing projects and stuff like that. So through college, I started getting a little bit more of a handle on how I wanted to shoot and how I wanted to make my, my vision come to life. And then I, um, my good friend, Danny Joubert, he asked me to come with him on tour and I never done drum corps before, before going to work for the Cavaliers. Um, so I was always hesitant, but you know, the time came and I was so excited, um, and it was just so rewarding. Like being in the drum corps atmosphere was just something else, like something, cause I've always been a fan. I've always, but I've done Winter Guard my entire life. And um, then stepping into drum corps and just being on the video side and capturing all those moments for them was just so fun. Like they, they number one, the drum, the drum corps, like the Cavaliers is hands down, like they, they know what they've got going on. and they did it well and then just like capturing those moments and then seeing my friends like go through it and really understand what drum corps is is something that I really like to bring out to the to the audience you know because everybody likes to see the behind the scenes and how much work goes into it not just like the show just like how much work goes into it and then with Relentless we really tried to take that perspective of like a marketing team of pushing the social media aspect and making it more um, aware that color guard people can dance spin, and act on camera. Um, like taking them out to Wynwood and just doing like little ditties on the side of the street and like people asking us like, what are you guys doing and stuff like that and like explaining to them. I think one of the main things 
just like off topic, one of the main things that we have to stop doing as a community is stop saying that we're a dance team. Like whenever somebody is like, what is Color Guard? We like throw it to the side and we're like, oh, we're just like a dance team, right? We, we don't take the really that opportunity to educate somebody. And so like now with social media and stuff like that, we have that opportunity to really sh- just take those extra five seconds and really explain our, our activity because um, I think that people would be interested, you know, like if there's dart players on ESPN, like, then we can have color guard on ESPN too, you know? Because <laughs> like, I think about just like the table, not even darts, like at least you like are coordinating and stuff like that, but yeah. like the table of old men with their poker cards and just like, what like color yeah we we deserve the spotlight we deserve the platform and we deserve the audience too like everybody should know about this activity just like how we know about bobsledding (laughs) about darts (laughs) and poker (laughs) and you know what you were the first person to ever say that to me um and i mentioned this in an episode with uh robert jordan about how yeah 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 like it like that really stuck with me like we we all really are all if you're in color guard you're also working at starbucks like it's (laughs) um it's just so that layover is so crazy um and you know with the amount of effort and ability that a lot of us have like the rewards should be higher the platform should be higher and it what interesting to like hear you say it a, a couple minutes back that like we're reaching a plateau Um, And with that plateau comes the further education. And I'm so glad you brought up the Winwood thing because I had like forgot about this too because you do so much, but like talk about uh, the Miami Heat and all the other like, like when we talk about and not just being Sally in the backyard with a bed sheet on a pole, like Mm -hmm. you are, you have been showing this people this activity and how it can be entertaining and how we can move beyond these venues of a hundred yard lines on the floor or of uh, a gym. Okay, okay, sorry to leave you guys on a cliffhanger. Um, I feel like we are really about to get into some like really interesting stuff with Michi, Mm -hmm. but you'll see it on Thursday, don't you worry. Hell yes, it was so, it was so nice talking to Michelle. She's so bright, like she, her, the way her brain works, I'm like, I, I think logistically, but like she she brought it to another level. Um, and I think that like she's she's young. She's like our age, you know? Yeah. Like I think that she really holds herself so professionally and so well. And it's like and she's very well spoken. I think um And you see how like the, the color guard influences the real world skills and as she grows her like outside world skills, you know, comes back and influences the color guard thing. And um yeah, you can see I like the way she's moving with Relentless and I like all the work that she's, uh, that she's done. And yeah, it's, it's yeah. I like that she like meshes her two, her two hobbies, I guess. Well, one of them's her job, but like she got lucky enough to make a hobby, her job. She's doing a great job of blending the two. And I think that people like her and people like Robert and all these people that are pushing color guard into the entertainment world are going to really change the way color guard is viewed from the outside world of people that aren't aren't in it um which i think is so so important and so so crucial in order for this activity to get bigger and this activity to grow and ideally for color guard to be something where people can get paid for and be something that everyone knows what the hell it is you know um not just be some like Oh, is that like the thing in drumline or like oh my god like you my my, co- my cousin did that in college you know like it's it's always like a secondhand thing but it need like they are really putting color guard on the forefront or at least they're really trying to and i think people like that are going to have the biggest impact into what color guard um i guess will become yeah i agree 100 percent but you stay slandering my fourth favorite movie. And this is it. This is the last straw. It's not going to happen again. Okay. okay I don't you think it's a bad movie. <laughs> I don't think it's a bad, like the movie itself, I don't think is bad. All you drummers are going to come attack us because the one scene of when they show like the, um, 
well there's a couple of things like you watch their technique and it's like well yeah like none of them are professional drummers and then like there was something that i had to i had to ask because i'm like what is what why do drummers like freak out about this movie um because i clearly know nothing about (laughs) anything um and so they there's this one part where they show um I guess a sheet of music and everyone's like that's not right <laughs> and um i'm like the col- they don't show anything about color guard but like it's funny that like when people like mention drumline everyone's like oh no 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 that's not that's not what we do it's really not that far off it's really not they got their exactly. visual elements they got their music they're on the field yeah. like it's, it's, we're cousins it's just different yeah okay we cousins yeah. that's good we cousins so thank you for clarifying I had to my yeah. fourth favorite movie I, that really was fed up. I'm, I'm a little uh, disappointed that's in your top five, but, <laughs> but you know, everybody put it. Everybody put that past you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't even know what my top five movies are. It's <laughs> just number. That was number four. That, didn't quite make a. Didn't get. Um, didn't didn't get a medal. No, no medal there. <laughs> but you know, still the top five. Still. Um, what's uh it made an impact on culture you can find us on um on instagram it's at sci-tie b5 facebook same thing and if you want to send us an email it's sci-tie box 5 at gmail.com if you like what you hear please share a screenshot or a screen recording of our episode and share it on social media and also use the hashtag s-y-t-y-b-5 b5 um oh i don't even say the the i I just say b5 i'm excited for everyone to hear part two on thursday hell yeah b5 out bye-bye